You're listening to Social Media Unlocked, episode number 16. It's time we had an honest conversation about social media. This is Heather Pink, your host of Social Media Unlocked. After spending years producing TV and running social media for the NFL, I started my own social media consulting agency. And well, I want to talk and teach more about social media. Through each podcast, I hope to bring you a new perspective on social media through influencers, brands, content creators, and more. So that way it can help you with your personal brand, your brand's content, collaborations, and well, just being more knowledgeable about social media. From the start of this podcast, I've told you guys that I plan on bringing on all different kinds of professionals from all different walks of life that touch social media in some capacity. And it may seem weird, but for this episode, I wanted to dive deep into experiential marketing. You may be saying, wait, Heather, we are stuck in our houses right now. How We're not going anywhere. Why is this the focus on this podcast? Okay, hear me out. I know it sounds crazy, and I know most of Americans right now at the launch of this podcast are being quarantined to stop the outbreak of COVID-19. And as an entrepreneur, I usually work from home every day, but now many of my peers are working from home and now realizing that some of their business has been postponed up in the air or has provided them with a lot of downtime, that downtime being able to utilize on either themselves or their business. So what I will say to you is this, use this time wisely to build your brand or your business and take advantage of it. Don't take your foot off the gas pedal with respect to social media and especially not to planning ahead. Now is the time to get ahead of your competitors. And I think one of the best ways to do that is with experiential marketing. Now is the time to dive deep into new strategies and take that extra downtime into learning about what else is out there. What else maybe can fit your brand that maybe you weren't able to take the time to learn about until now? For those that don't know what experiential marketing is, it's a strategy that engages consumers using branded experiences. And it's probably one of the most underutilized social media strategies out there. You may say, wait, experiential is an experience in social media? Yeah. It all has a tie together. And yes, it is a very effective social media strategy. Some brands are actually intimidated by it because of the money spent. And sometimes their leadership lacks the knowledge of their overall effectiveness. On this episode of Social Media Unlocked, I brought on Joey Steger, an expert in the space and CEO of Lion's Head Marketing that helps brands with their experiential marketing, but also digital marketing too. You'll learn through this episode that experiential marketing is actually more than just putting on some cool event, but actually involves your entire marketing department with a deep understanding of social media. Take a listen. All right, with me, I have Joey Steger of Lion's Head Marketing. Joey, thank you for joining Social Media Unlocked. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So Joey and I actually got introduced off of LinkedIn during this coronavirus time. Um, we had a mutual LinkedIn contact and I reached out to them um, and Joey turned up as one of the beauties of social media, right? Thank you. Yeah, that's amazing. So I have Joey on this time to talk about experiential marketing. And I know it maybe sounds kind of weird because all of us are stuck inside our houses, but Joey, this is the perfect time to start planning for experiential marketing, right? Absolutely. So, I mean, in my opinion, just to kind of start off the conversation, yeah, I've always thought that there is a direct correlation to experiential marketing in social media. Like, hey, look at that cool event. Like, for example, Coachella. There's so much, there's so many hashtags, there's so many mentions of it. Um, but a lot of companies, I feel like, don't see it that way. 
Yeah, unfortunately, a lot of companies think about experiential marketing um, either strictly from like a product trial or a product sales standpoint, um, or just how many people they can access uh, within a short amount of time. Um, and I really think that it goes deeper than that. Um, a lot of people who go to experiences um, don't do it every weekend. You know, it's something that they save up for, something that they really commit to. Um, and it's usually something that they have a lot of passion for. And if you can connect to these audience members at their point of passion with a relevant um, product or service offering, um, you tend to be ingrained in these really positive and rich memories. Um, a lot of experiences too, um, they have opportunities for some downtime. Like you mentioned Coachella. Um, I don't know about you, but 13, 14 hours for three days straight, I don't think I could be in front of a stage rocking out like the entire time. <laughs> um, so people are looking for uh, something different, something to, to activate their mind or to take them um, on a journey beyond just the music that exists there. And so that's where brands experiential activations can step in. And, and like you said, people have their phones. They want to share this experience. They want to remember it. I mean, just think about how much you have in your social media feed that serves as like, um, a photo album of, of great times that you've had. Um, and I think brands who don't think about the ability to translate themselves through consumers on social media are missing an opportunity when it comes to experiential. Um, I think everybody, like the Holy Grail, I think is when someone is telling their story with your brand involved. People don't like to tell brand stories. Um, they're always talking about their stories, but when your brand can be a part of that story, um, then you've really hit the nail on the head in terms of relevance and advocacy with them. Is that something that, because so you are the CEO of Lion's Head Marketing, and I know that experiential is a huge part of your business, right? Along yep. with the other digital marketing endeavors, right? Yeah. So how is it that you can pitch to a company? Do companies come to you and say, we want to do experiential? Or a lot of times you have to pitch them why experiential is so important? Fortunately, they are coming to me with experiential in mind first. Um, but what I try and do that maybe other agencies don't do is to bring the awareness of how experiential can be leveraged across multiple functions uh, within the marketing mix. A lot of times they um, come to me and they want to do a pop-up store or um, do a, a show or movie premiere or something like that. Um, and I start to not only get an idea for what the look and feel and the experience is like for them, but try and highlight to them moments that are easily shareable or moments where they can capture consumer information or moments where they can introduce products to people in unique ways that only exist through the experiential um, engagement, right? You can research a lot about a product, say a food product, but you can't actually taste it and experience it unless it's in person. So having a food demo there for a food product is super yeah. important. Um, and so a lot of times what I'm trying to do is understand from them what their goals are coming out of the experience beyond just interacting with people and, and displaying their brand in a very on-brand way. I'm trying to find out what type of marketing goals they have beyond that so that I can help to structure the experience to deliver on some of those as well. 
like when we're sort of diagnosing social media, there's always KPIs that we have to meet. What are the KPIs, like very typical KPIs for a certain experiential like pop-up, let's say? Um, a lot of times there is some sort of monetary conversion um, that's required. Um, if it's, say, a beverage brand, um, they may be looking at how many people they were able to sample um, against the cost of their samples. Um, if it was, say, a car company doing an experience like Land Rover did um, an experience um, and they wanted to know if they could sell a certain number of cars to be able to pay for it. Um, I did a pop-up shop for an esports gaming team um, and they had several collaborations with brands and they wanted to measure how many units they could sell out of it. Um, there are brands that do open that spectrum and start to take into account a variety of factors. And I think it's really important when you talk about experiential to not think about it as singularly dimensioned. If you only have like one major KPI, you will inadvertently um, focus your efforts in a way that forget about so many other opportunities that exist. Um, sometimes I talk to people about who have a complex product, um, taking into consideration the time of interaction. Um, ultimately, we want these individuals that we engage with as brands to become advocates for our product. And it's great for them to learn about your product and, and find a way for it to fit into their own lifestyle. But if they haven't retained enough information about your brand to be able to share it with somebody else, then you've really only engaged with one person. And the power of word of mouth is so strong that taking an extra minute or two to give someone some more information, answer some questions that they have, leaves them with enough retention of what your brand is about to be able to actually talk to somebody else about it. Yeah. Are social media metrics a part of any of your experiential KPIs? Definitely. Um, a lot of people want photo booths or photo moments um, at experiences. Um, it's a little... It's a little interesting. There's kind of two ends of the spectrum. Sometimes people want um, a unique hashtag to be populated um, through a photo moment. Uh, sometimes we'll use specific equipment that will track exactly how many people um, take photos and require like an email address or something for them to be sent to them because platforms like Instagram don't have a native way to um, post directly from third parties. Um, and so, yeah, definitely those are big things. Um, if you're owning the event, um, sometimes they, there's a broader hashtag or maybe brand mentions that people look at um, in terms of total exposure. Um, I think really smart. Don't just limit the KPIs there, but also go a step further and introduce their comms and PR departments to the project and find out ways that they have something unique going on there that they can garner press from. And so now you're getting into uh, media impressions and metrics um, from that standpoint as well. And who are the attendees there and how are those people sharing it? Um, I think one of the difficulties right now is um, so much sharing in stories and stories have a difficulty to track um, as, a, as a metric. There's not a clear mechanism for that. Um, so inevitably, you, need, you probably need a team of people set aside who are specifically looking for that during yeah. that hour period and tracking it in order to get some hard numbers out of that. And sometimes brands have that bandwidth and capability, and sometimes they don't because it's such a, 
human intensive process, um, it can be expensive to, to outsource that as well. So glad you mentioned that because that always sometimes can nip people in the butt that if you're not driving home that hashtag, how are you going to measure who sees it to a certain extent? Yeah. Yeah. And in different instances, um, I really not as a point to, um, sway one way or the other, but to understand the underlying desire, I'll question brands. Why do you want this hashtag to be so present in this experience? Um, and sometimes it's, it's a brand slogan and it's something that's going on for a year and they want to be able to capture all the various marketing activity associated with that particular campaign. Great answer. Um, other times they say something like we want it easily trackable. Um, and I, I'll ask them, I'll say, it, you're, you're a consumer, you go to events, like how likely are you to institute a really random, unique hashtag into your post just for the sake of somebody else tracking it? Like you, you know that that feels foreign and odd. Um, so sometimes I'll talk to a brand about, hey, what if you can influence more of the social conversation because hashtags are designed to institute your image into a social conversation. So festival Coachella uh, used as a great example. Um, if I had a brand Reebok, how important would it be for me to have people take a picture of a Reebok setup photo moment and hashtag Reebok versus just making an awesome photo moment and looking at the Coachella hashtag and seeing how much of it is populated with Reebok photography. If it was every fifth photo and I permeated 20% of the much larger hashtag Coachella, then trying to force everybody to use a hashtag Reebok on it, I think my brand's going to get much more exposure and positive sentiment in the former versus the latter scenario. How long are those conversations? And are those conversations like from the get-go, like you start and you guys establish what do y'all want to do? Is that like one of the first conversations you guys have or what is? Um, I try and push the conversation around the KPIs early. Inevitably, the individuals who are interacting with me are usually people who are focused either on experiential exclusively or they tend to be pretty high level in the chain. Um, a smaller company, it'll probably be a CEO or a CMO who knows that they need to participate in this event and they're looking for an agency to activate it for them because they don't have that team built internally or it's an experiential or event-based team that knows that they need to execute this. Um, it's beyond their internal capability, so they want an agency to do it. But rarely is there someone tied to social or to PR or to sports marketing in that initial conversation. So I'll push them on the key KPIs, and sometimes they have them, but a lot of times they go back and have conversations with more people to be able to get those. And then I strongly encourage them to bring those people into the conversation. Um, and for Unfortunately, with experiential, you usually have, you know, on the short end, it's probably like three to four weeks. On the longer end, hopefully you're getting something like eight weeks worth of planning because um, there's a variety of vendors and deadlines and permits that need to get um, brought in in order to execute properly. And so if I'm able to have that time, I can usually bring those people in and have those conversations. And the great part about experiential is that um, it's really dynamic and it's fluid. Rarely are you um, so constrained that five weeks out, uh, you can't make changes or make adjustments to things. So as those um, people are rolled in and new decisions are made and new KPIs are refined, we're able to make adjustments in the activation to be able to dial those things up or down as necessary to achieve their goals. Yeah. 
you talk about, we've talked about Coachella, Reebok, you've mentioned car companies and esports company. Um, there's a lot of different spectrums. And the biggest question that people have to me when talking about social media is how much is it going to cost me? Mm-hmm. Right? So I guess I wanted you to elaborate more on the budget perspective, because of course, that's kind of what it comes down to is the money signs. In my perspective, I think a lot of people want the brand exposure, right? You want the physical action of the person touching the product and being there or interacting with it for the first time ever. Sometimes that's not always going to turn around into money, but from like a planning perspective, how much should companies budget, whether it's small or big or maybe something that you would advise? Yeah, it's, it's kind of a tricky question because there are so many facets involved with it. Um, you have your basic sponsorship, you have your product costs, um, you have human costs for brand ambassadors, build teams, um, how long an event lasts. Um, all of these things have an impact on it. Um, I'd say smaller companies that, and it, and it depends on what your footprint is too. You know, are you regional? Are you national? Are you global? Um, I've worked with companies that have as small a budget as $10,000 and they want to uh, connect with their core audience through an experiential activation. And there's all kinds of events that you can get into as a brand for a relatively low fee. And then there's, there's bartering. Well, it's one of the great parts about the experiential side of things is that um, depending on your product's relevance to the event itself, um, you may be able to negotiate um, from a support standpoint, uh, I used to work for Cliff Bar and Company, um, and they make endurance bars for marathon runners. So going to a marathon that from a health standpoint is required to have food on course, um, you can take all that food that they need and say, hey, this I want this to go towards my sponsorship fee because you're, you're going to need this anyway, so let's help each other out. Um, I've had brands who, if you want to get involved in something like Coachella, um, it's going to be a minimum $250,000. They want to keep um, the number of sponsors limited. They don't want millions out there and making it too complex. Um, so there is a barrier to entry. Um, I think the things that help you look at the costs that you're going to spend um, and rationalize it, if you will, from a management standpoint, is about how many pieces of the marketing mix you can align um, into that activity. So say you produce an event and it's going to cost you $50,000. You have $10,000 worth of sponsorship, $10,000 worth of product that you're bringing to the table. You have a ten dollars or $20,000 bill. And then you have about ten dollars for people, transportation, and miscellaneous costs. If you're able to create, call it 30 pieces of content out of that event, how much is that saving your digital marketing team? And if you are able to create a place where your uh, comms team's influencers can come and have an experience and share it on social media, how much are you saving them from creating a unique experience themselves? Um, And your ability to kind of tie these things together can create more ROI out of that spend for the organization than just the department itself. One of my earlier brands was a startup beverage company. It was a water company. Um, I think we were doing somewhere around 5 million in sales for the year. And we invested around $350,000 in a year for experiential marketing. Um, We had a national footprint. Um, We were sold in a variety of retailers, but not necessarily like widespread. Um, And the way that we 
the way that you really need to think about whatever your budget is from uh, an experiential marketing standpoint is kind of two tiers. You want to identify one opportunity a year that's so closely aligned with your brand that it's willing to invest in the highest level to get the most exposure and the most benefits from um, all experiential marketing has a variety of tiers. You can come in at the lowest and just be on site and you can introduce your product and hopefully you get what you're hoping for out of it. Or you can be a title sponsor and you can get branding rights and signage and guaranteed digital and social exposure. And maybe there's streaming capabilities with it. Um, maybe there's a media package that's associated with it. Um, so you want to find that one opportunity that you can really shine, get um, organizational support behind it. So you have support from the CEO across all of the marketing functions, get everybody aligned. Hey, this is a really important thing. Let's all go all in on it and leverage the heck out of it. And then I think the other end is where you're doing stuff from a cost conscious perspective as much as possible. Who is the audience that we're closest to? Where do we have strong relationships? Where can we leverage our product and our relevance to get us exposure um, without having to spend very much money? I think a lot of brands get lost kind of in that mid-level. Hey, we want to be here, but we can't really afford it. Let's go in at the lowest level so that we can talk about our association yeah. with this event. And in, inevitably, it drains dollars. Uh, you can't really have meaningful interactions with people when you're lost in a sea of tents. Like, that's the reality. When you're coming in at the low level on a mid to large size event, you're one of a lot of other options. You usually don't have any category exclusivity. And so you're next to competitors. You don't really want your consumers evaluating your brand right next to your competitor. That already happens at the store and online. These experiences should be an opportunity for you to stand out and differentiate yourself. Uh, so it's worth investing in it. Yeah. Um, one of the words that you mentioned, and it's something that I've talked to a lot about on this podcast is influencers. Mm -hmm. Now, how much does having an influencer, maybe not like a Beyonce, you know, someone that's kind of the crazy, you know, just like an, a, a, your standard influencer, does that sort of change an experiential marketing event from your perspective? Is it something that's necessary? Is it something that's planned for? Is it kind of case by case? I think it's a little bit case by case. Um, it depends on I think the number one word to remember with all influencers, no matter their level, when you're working with them is authenticity. And so if you follow that thread of authenticity, how authentic is this event to this influencer, then you can talk about them being involved in the experience and how that's going to translate through their channel. Um, at Cliff Bar, we were a sponsor of the Pitchfork Music Festival. And there we did an activation where people could get a temporary tattoo. And them paying for that temporary tattoo, we raised money for the Great Lakes Conservation Fund. Um, and in that, we could bring influencers that were athletes that cared about saving the water and saving the Great Lakes. And it provided a really great stage and platform for them to talk about something that was important to them, a brand that they were associated in and how we were making meaningful action out of something like a music festival. And getting temporary tattoos is very associated with festivals, right? Like yeah, definitely. So right now, most of Americans, and ho hopefully not most of the world, but at least most of Americans right now are quarantined or they're working from home or whatnot. So in my opinion, I mean, I'm also probably one of the few, this is 
the perfect time to start working on experiential events. Like what would you advise companies or other people out there if they are thinking about what they want to do for the rest of 2020? I'd say look towards the latter part of the year and realize that a lot of brands are all going to be in the same place. Either they had dollars that they set aside early this year to use that they weren't able to because events were canceled or whatnot, um, and they're going to try and focus later. So the reality is the, place, the space is going to be really crowded later in the year. Um, so I'll go back to something that I said earlier, really try and find that one moment that aligns so closely with your brand and go go all in to punch above the noise, right? There's going to be so much going on and so many people wanting to talk once things can happen that you really need to rise above. So I'd say um, look for those opportunities later in the year, shore up as much cash as possible towards them and go all in. You have plenty of time to plan for it now and get ahead of it and really put yourself in that consumer mind space. Imagine yourself five, six months from now out of quarantine, excited to be able to get out and do things. How are you going to connect with this audience at that time and really match where they're at? Um, because that will make a much greater translation um, from a brand perspective. They'll want to tell your story because you relate to them so directly. Yeah. You've kind of mentioned a couple different things and maybe I guess I'd want you to break it down a little bit. Is it, would you recommend let's say in this case scenario, you're a you know, medium-sized brand, you have some money for the rest of 2020 because you've pocketed some of the canceled events. Is it better just to kind of have your own pop-up or your own type of event, maybe theme it around a day, like, you know, like National Donut Day and it's Dunkin' Donuts, maybe that's a bad example, but to theme it around that, or is it better to try to kind of toggle off one of those bigger events that gets rescheduled later on in the year that also aligns with some of your brand's values and, you know, consumer-based things? That's a great question. Um, I think a little bit of it would come down to a compare and contrast. I I think the smartest teams would look at both opportunities. I imagine events coming later in the year don't have a lot of brand commitments and they may be willing to give you more benefits than you normally would. And if something like um, massive media exposure or association with something that already has a predetermined image is really important for you. Um, Maybe your mid-sized brand that's trying to target a younger audience and Coachella is your thing, like go after that hard and see what they're going to get for you. Um, I would also say, take a look at what it costs you to produce your own pop-up. I can imagine a lot of stores and empty spaces that tend to rent themselves out for a pop-up have been suffering from a lack of rental income for a period of time. And you may be able to get the space really cheap. Um, I think the big thing you have to think about in both scenarios is programming. Um, It's one thing to create the experience. It's another thing to have the programming that really makes it run. And if you don't have the ability to create the programming, go with an already standing event and just focus on introducing your product. Can you give me an example of the programming like you're talking about? Yeah, so um, when we do pop-ups, it's usually a product, a brand with a product that they're trying to sell or demonstrate. But um, the average consumer doesn't just show up at your store just because you have a product because chances are it's already sold other places or they could find out about it online. And so they're usually enticed to come there because you're doing something special. You're doing custom dyeing of sunglasses or you're going to have a performance from a cool artist or you're going to do a great workshop or a panel 
discussion or something like that um, that's really relevant to your brand and your in industry. And it's going to create this unique experiential opportunity that people are going to go out of their way to come and be a part of. That's when you're really going to succeed. And, and that's why people come to Coachella. The greatest artists in the nation are coming together to be able to perform, right? Yeah. Um, if you can, if you have the bandwidth and the ability to do the programming yourself or, or the funds to enlist an agency to be able to do that for you, um, then you can succeed on doing the pop-up on your own. Um, but if you can't really handle programming on yourself or it's something you're not too sure about, um, then I'd advise looking at a larger event where you know the audience that's already coming there is really matches with your target. So I read an article this week in Muse, mostly because I was doing some homework, and they had a whole section about like um, touch screens, tech screens, and technology, like UI features, like facial control, all that type of stuff. I know I dealt with a lot of that stuff at the NFL, working with touch screens and sort of new era, next level technology. Like, are these things that companies should be incorporating or like, what's your opinion on that? I think it is a great area to explore if you have the funds for it. If you're still a younger company or you don't have a lot invested in your experiential and your digital, physical, the digital experiences, um, focus on really strong interactions with people. People feel the love and they appreciate a brand paying attention to them and connected to them. I think as you get good at that and you're looking for the next level of ROI on your experiences, absolutely look into those digital avenues because a lot of times people need to download apps or they need to sign into things to be able to download something that they created or experienced. And that's really um, feeding your CRM. If you don't have like a strong way of converting leads into sales down the line through your CRM platform, um, it's probably something you want to shore up before you go and invest in that uh, type of technology. At the end of the day, um, the worst thing you can do is like ask for someone's email and then never interact with them. And then privacy laws over a couple of years uh, come into effect and we've lost this data and haven't done anything with it. Um, I think the smartest companies are ones that are taking a look at the data that they're collecting from events, the data that they're collecting from online sales and the data they're collecting from the social interactions. If you have a strong um, platform for your social that's able to create profiles behind your consumers um, and you can start to match either those phone numbers or those email addresses to the people who are buying online, the people who are showing up at events, um, you can really start to segment your direct marketing to them in high relevance uh, ways to be able to drive much more conversion um, through those interactions. I think we talked about this on the phone but I, I wanted to ask this again. I love experiential marketing. I think it is one of, if not the most effective marketing tools outside social media. Um, but I'm also a millennial that loves to go to experiences too. Do you think that this is like the most effective marketing tool? I do by far. I think um, a couple of things point to that. One, um, a lot of data around 18 to 25, 18 to 35 um, segments shows that these audiences value experiences over things. Um, just enormous amounts of data that you can't ignore it. Um, the other interesting piece when you dig a, a layer deeper is at these experiences, these same audiences spend exorbitantly more than they would in almost any other instance. So why not get your brand involved there? Um, these are also places where people are sharing more online. Um, you look at 
the most engaging feeds of people that you follow, it's not usually at their home. It's usually them out doing things and doing experiences that you would love to be at. Um, the great thing about experiential too is that you can have that two-way dialogue. You can answer questions. You can surface information faster than somebody could search for it online. Um, and so it's a really great opportunity to talk about the values of your brand, talk about um, maybe what your brand does to support communities or the planet beyond just the profits that they earn from the products that they sell. And um, a lot of times at the store shelf or even online, um, you're really touting the benefits and uniquenesses of your product from a direct dollars to output standpoint. Um, you're not really talking about some of those uh, value systems that are much stronger as well. Do you think that experiential marketing is... What's that word? Do you think that companies underutilize this strategy? I think they do. I think a lot of times it has to do with the disconnect between the function and leadership. Um, so function being like the experiential or the event-based team um, and leadership's um, idea of what their output should be. Well, my hair just disappeared. Your hair just disappeared. That was crazy. Um, oh, my well, gosh. For those that for those are just listening, um, we're on Zoom. And... <laughs> Joey has a background. Oh, is it the beautiful ocean? I, I mean, <laughs> your hair just disappeared. That was crazy. That was pretty funny. I noticed that. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that when a, a lot of leadership in an organization thinks about experiential marketing, um, I, again, I, I have a lot of experience in like the food background um, and even working for brands that have specific products. They're evaluating it by how many samples did we get out? How many units did we sell? And they think that that's the only purpose for it. A lot of them don't understand how it can translate into the other sections of the marketing mix. And so the brands that have their experiential department connected to that leadership, be it the CEO, the CMO, or whoever, so they understand how dynamic the opportunity is and how much of the company can plug in at one time. I mean, even when your brand is sponsoring an event within a city, your sales team can enact sales activity around that and bring attention to the fact that there's increased marketing happening within that market. Um, and so when you get that tie organizationally to what experiential is doing, I find those brands not only get bigger budgets, but tend to have more success to it. Um, and unfortunately there's not as many brands out there that are recognizing this opportunity, um, which is kind of shocking when you see how many events and experiences are out there and how big they are and how much, um, dollars and media attention they're garnering these days. I don't think it's something that's going to go away anytime. Yeah. Me neither. I mean, I guess the first example I used was Coachella, but the thing is, is any company could even start by like going to a conference too, because that's still experiential marketing, right? Absolutely. Conferences, um, races, local events, health fairs, farmers markets, like the, no matter what level, um, from a community aspect to a city aspect to a national standpoint, um, there are ways to connect with passionate consumers and create that brand love that really turns into advocacy. Word of mouth is still one of the strongest ways of representing and connecting brands and people together. Um, everybody can search and get information online, but you see how important reviews have become, become on sites like Amazon and personal references are even stronger than those. 
Um, and so I think that brands who recognize that and recognize the value of interaction with people to the extent that it drives them to become advocates of their brand um, speaks a lot to how far those brands will go in the long run. So since you've been in this space for a while, is there like one company that you would like love to do an experiential event for? Like for me, um, I know we haven't known each other that long, but I'm a huge Disney fan. So if I was in your shoes, I would like, this would be a hundred percent my answer to that. Yeah. Yeah. I actually have done some work with Disney in the past and they, they do an incredible job, um, of putting on experiences. Um, they have such they do such a good job of it that they have like an internal team that does it. So they don't really, there's not a lot of room for an agency like me to be able to get in. Um, but a brand that I'm trying to work with and, and would be excited to be able to land the work with is Samsung. Um, they just have such a reputation in the experiential market for um, really delivering for their consumers um, I also think that the younger generation is really, there's an opportunity that exists there. I think that the younger generation sees Apple as kind of um, the big company and the one that's been there for a while that, that their parents or older people are into. Um, and I think that there could be a real opportunity for Samsung to take hold of a younger generation um, and their commitment to consumer experiences. I don't know if you've ever heard about it, but they do these white glove experiences that are absolutely... No. I've never heard of that. Um, I've done some activations at the Sundance Film Festival and um, they've given away free phones with lifetime service to them. And they do all kinds of um, really incredible experiential activations. Um, I heard of one where um, you would get invited to this party and when you show up, they already know who you are and they order your drink for you just the way you like it because you answered some questions beforehand for them um, and you left with a parting gift that was like tailored to you instead of just um, a cheesy gift bag that like everybody got filled with some random products. Um, each gift bag was tailored to the individual based on a series of questions that they had asked through the invitation process. And I think that level of detail has such an impact on an individual that they will tell that story a thousand times for the next five years. And that's the kind of brand story that you want people sharing with their closest friends, family, and relatives. It's almost like this, how do I find a brand connection? But it almost is how to do that within exclusivity and customization, right? Yeah, customization goes a long way. Customization, and I go even farther, is attention to detail. Um, because sometimes customization becomes this myriad of options or just being so different than the rest that, that you, you are custom in that standpoint. But I think it has to do more with personalization and the small details that matter to a person. It's ironic that um, you would go as a brand and invest in an, an event for your brand and product and put the person attending at the center of your goal versus the product you're, you're trying to get out there at the center of the goal. And the brands who are less focused with how much their product is showing up, how much their brand name is throughout the entire event, are the ones that tend to be more successful than the one, or less successful than the ones who are completely focused on the people attending and how to create a phenomenal experience for those individuals. Has there been, okay, outside of Samsung, because you've already 
like sold me on how incredible this experiential event would be. Um, is there another experience? I'm going to give mine because I remember um, it, off the top of my head reading from the news. Is there one that you maybe didn't work on, but you've either read about or you went to that you're like, this was like home run. This is what brands should be doing. Yeah. Uh, the one that comes to mind is the Westworld experience. That was the exact one that I was really? going to say too. Oh yeah, I have heard about that one and that is incredible what they did with something like a thousand actors there to play all these different parts and it was it was like a 45 minute drive or an hour drive outside of Austin to be able to get to like talk about making a commitment as a consumer during something like South by Southwest when there's so many other things you could be doing to drive out there and experience that level of immersion with that brand um, yeah I, I wish I had been a part of that one for sure. Same. Um, this was incredible, Joey. I've learned so much. More importantly, I hope that people take the knowledge that you've so willingly given me and be able to like plan or at least tell their friends that they should be urging their companies to be thinking about this, planning this, you know, because um, eventually we're going to be out of um, freak out mode and start to like plan for the rest of our year mode. And I think that this is the way to go. Yeah. Now's the time. Take advantage. Well, thank you so much, Joey. I really appreciate having you on. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Social Media Unlocked. Please take a moment to review this podcast in the iTunes store. If you want to learn more about me and my social media experience, go to www.heather.pink or find me on Instagram at heatherpink27. And if you're looking for help in creating a social media department or building a social media brand, my consulting agency Pink Deer is here to help. Visit www.pinkdeerllc.com for more info.